You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, including the Himalaya Podcast app. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday edition of Locked on Pelicans. We're going to talk about, we were going to talk about Kawhi Leonard in Toronto and the risk that their GM took to make that move and push the chips all in and maybe what it can tell us about what's coming up in the league and in the offseason and how it relates to Anthony Davis. And then that got thrown out the window because we have some news from the Los Angeles Lakers and then news from that because of the Lakers being a dysfunction on Tyron Lue and links to the Pelicans. So we're going to dive into all of that today in the Wednesday edition of Locked on Pels. So obviously the big news is going to be Tyron Lue being linked to the Pelicans in a report from The Athletic. We'll talk about that in a second. Before we get to that, though, make sure you download the Himalaya app. It is free, super easy to use, and has every single podcast you love or are searching for. There's personally curated playlists out there just for you, themed collections of shows to help find things you want to listen to, whether it's comedy, mystery, thrillers, sports, whatever it is, you can find it on the Himalaya app. You can follow along with your favorite favorite shows and creators, as well as like and comment on there as well. So find and download Himalaya on the App Store or the Google Play Store, and don't forget to follow Locked on Pelicans once you're there. All right, the big news of the day, of course, is Tyron Lue being pursued by your New Orleans Pelicans in a report from uh, Shams over at The Athletic. By the way, it's totally worth subscribing to that if you don't already. It's really good. There's tons of great content. You can follow all the teams. They're not even sponsoring the show, and I'm telling you to do it. So the Pelicans are after Tyron Lue for what's described as a quote-unquote lead assistant. Well, there's already a lead assistant. We'll talk about that in a second because that's probably the biggest part of the story. But this is actually something I'm okay with. I know people don't think too highly of Tyron Lue due to his time with the Cavaliers and, you know, the fact that basically everyone thinks LeBron was coaching them or let Ty Lue coach him when he felt like being coached by Ty Lue. But overall, as maybe not your head coach, this is fine, I think. You know, I said when the Lakers were kind of having their go at him that I'm not sure if he's a good head coach or not. I could go either way on this, but he's not going to be the head coach here. It's just a guy on the bench that can help with things. And when you look at what matters for coaching, it's not as much the in-game stuff. It's, you know, or or the rotations necessarily. It's everything that kind of goes into that. Getting the buy-in from players being big. Establishing a culture is big. And that's what the Pelicans are all trying to do right now. So bringing in a guy who's built a championship winning one, who, by the way, was the head coach under David Griffin. Griffin likes to bring in people he's worked with before. I think we've seen that now. This makes a lot of sense to me, actually. This is a guy who isn't scared to stand up to star players or the best player in the league in LeBron James. 
that's important. Sometimes these guys do need to be put in place. And, you know, if he gets in their faces or stands up to them when they're trying to do other things, that's kind of how you earn respect. I think that's also partially how you build culture and do get buy-in from other guys too. You know, it's tough to try and get the other players to do what you want them to do when LeBron's not listening to you. But if you tell him, shut up LeBron, which I believe is the quote, then yeah, this works. Now, the interesting part from a Pelican's perspective is if he's a lead assistant, who's leaving? And that's the big question. You know, the lead assistant currently is Darren Ehrman, who's the associate head coach, um, the number two guy, followed by Chris Finch. Does that mean one of these guys is gone? I don't know. Are they just adding him to the team? Maybe he's not on the front bench. Maybe he's on the back bench or maybe someone kind of gets demoted there too. Or is there some turnover coming that we're not entirely sure of what it's going to be just yet? I think that's where this is more worth keeping an eye on that. There's going to be a little potential shakeup on the coaching staff, which probably does have Griffin's fingerprints on it at least a little bit. Um, and then something we're going to talk about in the next in another segment too really kind of ties into all of this um, that he does have a good working relationship with Griffin and you've got to wonder if maybe there's some sort of coach in the waiting if it turns out Alvin Gentry isn't the guy that they want to keep but this is the interesting thing the other news with this is well there's two pieces the Houston Rockets are aggressively pursuing him they looked at him earlier on in the year and then kind of stopped but now that they've been kind of firing assistant coaches left and right in potentially a way to try and get Mike D'Antoni to quit is if there's kind of some weird power struggle going on. There's some weird stuff going on with Houston right now, but they're going after him. They have a number of open slots that he could easily fill. They'd likely pay him a good bit too, I think, um, though they seem a little bit cheaper than they have in the past. And also it sounds like Ty Lu wants to be a head coach, not an assistant coach. This is one of the few guys out there that you could hire to be a head coach who actually has an NBA ring as a head coach. Gentry has one as an assistant, but getting one as a head coach is pretty tough too. And this guy is on the open market, so maybe he just bides his time to go after one of those head coaching opportunities in the future while his star is arguably as high as it's going to be. So there's no necessarily imminent news on this, but it's something to keep an eye on. It also has implications further down the line for the Pelicans coaching staff. So before we get into the Lakers drama and why I now have a newfound appreciation for Alvin Gentry in all of this, do need to mention today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. And also thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On Pelicans. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com and use the promo code NBA for 20% off. So the biggest national story yesterday was the ESPN report from, I think it's Baxter Holmes on the Los Angeles Lakers and just the, oh my God, the hell is going on with that teamness of it. And it's, it's wild. It's a long read if you haven't. And basically to sum it up is the Lakers are a goddamn mess. If you didn't already know that, you likely did, particularly if you listen to this podcast. But some of the details and the specifics out there 
are just absolutely horrendous and should give you, uh, you know, a sense of newfound appreciation if you don't already have it or, or take it up a level for what's going on with the Pelicans here to kind of compare and contrast a little bit. You've heard David Griffin speak a lot about culture. And if you've ever worked in an office or any place where office politics come into play, which is probably all of us, you know how important a good culture in your work environment is. When it's toxic, things are not good. And when things are good or the or the culture is good and fosterative or I don't even know if that's a word. Um, my girlfriend's shaking her head. No, it means not. Okay. Well, we don't think fosterative is a word. I just made it a word and you guys get what I mean. So, you know, if you have kind of a, a culture that fosters collaboration and excellence and empowerment and all, I'm just saying shit now. Um, you get what I mean though. That's a great thing to kind of be a part of. And what I think you're seeing right now with the Lakers is having one of those type of great environments means people don't talk. And when you have a culture based off of fear and lying, you have a culture where people do leak things. And that's what you're seeing with the Los Angeles Lakers right now. Supposedly on the first day when um, Magic Johnson stepped into the organization as the new president of basketball operations, uh, he said, you better not screw up because I got resumes of a thousand people on my desk upstairs and you are all replaceable. Oh my God, that's like the opposite thing you want to do. I'm all for coming in and needing to coach people out of jobs. I actually mean that. Um, as long as you give them the opportunity to stay and maybe you need to move them around and all of that, I think that's important if you ha need to change the culture of a place and that's what you want to build. Either people need to kind of get with it or they don't. That's part of how it goes and that's okay. Not like that though. You don't threaten them to do to uh, that you're just going to send them out or anything like that. It needs to be done. You help them, you help them, you help them. Okay, you've tried enough. There's nothing more to do. Now let's move on. That is the opposite of what's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers right now, and it's really just horrific to see what some of these people who worked there had to go through with staffers quitting after 20 years because they just couldn't take the stress or needed to get medication or, or or see a therapist, something like that because of all the shit that was going on there. Horrible. And it leads to people not really having a voice in the organization or being afraid to speak up. Part of that is because their, uh, their GM, Rob Palinka was going into the goddamn locker room at halftime to listen to the speeches that Luke Walton was giving to his players, something that is not normally done by GMs around the league. And when So think about it. If Luke Walton needs to challenge his guys and Palinka's there, that's a little weird. Or if those guys need to stand up to Luke Walton explain some things, you probably don't want to have Palinka in there either. It just doesn't create the right type of atmosphere that you'd want whatsoever. And when, of course, this leads to the lying part of it that when, and this is all again sourced reports, you know, anonymously, but still, I'd kind of trust this. And I'll explain why in a minute that, you know, when, when Walton went up to Palinka and was like, what are you doing? This isn't how things normally go around the league. Palinka goes, no, they're doing it in Golden State with Bob Meyer and your old team. As if Walton couldn't just send a text to one of the coaches up there and be like, does he do this? Because he doesn't do that. And Palinka just straight up lied to him about this. The funniest story might be the one that got the Dark Knight trending on Twitter yesterday for a movie that came out in 2008. So 11 years ago. Did that thing really? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, must have. So July of 2008, um, that once Kobe Bryant saw that movie, he was so taken in with how 
invested in the role and locked into the role Heath Ledger was that he asked Palinka, who was his agent, to set up a meeting between the two so that he could learn from Heath Ledger. Palinka says he set the meeting up. The two had lunch or dinner together. And then later in that night, um, when the Lakers played the Knicks, Kobe used some of what um, Heath Ledger told him. Except Heath Ledger committed suicide six months before that. What? This was in a team meeting, and he told this story to the team of Lakers when The Rock was there trying to give them some insight and things like that. I just... It's mind-blowing to me. You had kind of an us-versus-the-others mentality, too, where Palinka and Magic Johnson were in one conference room on the night of the draft. The rest of the front office was in another conference room separate from those guys and when it was the Lakers pick they all thought they were going to take Omari Spellman and it turns out they they shifted and took Mo Wagner and it left everyone speechless and that these guys just kind of decided to go rogue and then they threw Josh Hart one of their players under the bus with this saying Josh Hart said oh I have big concerns about the dude because they played together at Villanova and was for their reasoning why they didn't take Spellman when Hart said that wasn't really the case and it, like, it wasn't a thing. And now they've implicated their players in this to kind of back up their lies to justify their decisions. And this is a mess. There's no other way to put it. Like, Magic Johnson's not there anymore, and this is people leaking things still. And that's because when you don't give your employees a voice or they don't feel empowered to speak up about a negative situation, they're going to go and talk to someone, at least in the NBA. And this is how these reports keep coming out. And this is just horrible. All the stuff with Luke Walton and Palinka and Magic Johnson is bad. You know, Magic Johnson today tried to clarify some more stuff. This is probably just a perfect definition of stop trying to talk your way through this. Said if he could do anything differently, he would just replace Luke Walton right away and also uh, Palinka right away. But he would have just fired the head coach rather than kind of inheriting him on all of this. Interesting. And that's going to lead into something that I want to talk about in the final segment of the podcast. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But before we get to that, today's show is also brought to you by Grip6, ultra lightweight belts with no holes, no flaps, and it's a great Father's Day gift. Go to grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E, that's grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E for a special offer just for you. So the whole Lakers drama, I I was thinking about it earlier today and everything that kind of goes on with that. And when you compare and contrast the situation between the Pelicans and the Lakers, and obviously the culture is the big thing that jumps out and just being a competent organization that's not ruled by fear. But when you look at the stuff with Luke Walton, who kind of got shafted there, let's be honest, we don't know if he's a good head coach or not yet either, but didn't really get a fair shake with kind of how things went down with the front office not making moves and or making moves and not consulting them on him and kind of just not really giving him the right kind of team um, at all. And you look at the situation here, and I know people don't particularly love Alvin Gentry given the one playoff trip in his entire tenure here you know his overall losing record as a head coach and all of that I get it it makes tons of sense why people think this but then you look at his relationship it so and it was kind of controversial at the time a little bit when David Griffin wanted to keep him because you know it's again not great and 
people weren't happy about it. But then you look at this Lakers situation and the fact that Griffin and Gentry really get along and have a good working relationship and seem to have a lot of trust in one another, you start to really see the importance that the head coach in the front office, we'll use GM just as a catch-all term. I don't necessarily mean Trajan Langdon. I do mean David Griffin here, but it's just easier to call it a coach-GM relationship is so important to just succeeding and, you know, having those guys on the same page, building towards the same thing and not trying to undercut and backstab one another should just give you some confidence and make you feel like there's going to be some success here that, you know, they're going to communicate about the type of players that Alvin wants and the vision that David Griffin has and how to go about coaching that. What assistant coaches, maybe, given what we talked about in the first segment, to bring in and help evolve that. What type of players do you need to be successful? All of that, rather than just trying to do other, you know, these two guys kind of go in different directions with their own agendas, being in sync, lockstep is the word that David Griffin likes to use very often, is really important. And, you know, the fact that Griffin wanted to keep him, the fact that these two get along so well, even if you're not a huge fan of Alvin Gentry, again, I I truly get it. I still think it's a good thing, you know, looking at it now. Yeah, you know, you'd almost like him to kind of pick his own head coach, I guess, but he didn't, and he picked Alvin Gentry. And that should mean good things for the Pelicans going forward, particularly when you see what's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. So it's nice to see, despite the fact that Gentry is not a a popular figure here in New Orleans, but that working relationship with how the, the Lakers are so dysfunctional and just had a shit roster last year is really important and I think you're going to see that pay dividends this year whether it's let's get more shooters let's get guys who can run and being in lockstep on the same page and aligning your organization I always think is an important thing no matter where you go and I'm someone who's managed a lot of people before um, and I understand kind of the importance of that and I've been in organizations that don't have the top management aligned with kind of the mid-level or the bottom level and I've seen the issues that that causes So having everyone here aligned in the Pelicans organization just makes things so much better. And even if you don't like Alvin Gentry, it's totally cool. You guys don't have to. But maybe this gives you a slightly different appreciation than you would have had before. And maybe you do understand at least the reasoning behind keeping him, even if he's not one of your favorite people. So this probably is only a good thing going forward for the Pelicans that they have this. Again, remaining in lockstep, an important thing. See if it pays dividends in wins on the court, of course. But I think we have a good first step here. And the foundation seems pretty strong here in New Orleans. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. By the way, I changed up the audio settings a little bit, so the voice quality hopefully sounds a little bit better, a little bit different. Maybe some more depth to it, I think, is maybe the best way to describe it, but not a huge, huge change. So if you didn't notice it yesterday, it's totally cool. Um, We'll probably kind of keep it at these settings going forward, though. If there's any issues, let me know. Um, I appreciate that. So thank you to all the sponsors of today's show. Um, I've got a number of them with Hotels.com, Untuck It, and Grip Six Belts. And don't forget, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast through the Himalaya podcast app. Download it from your app store and subscribe to Locked On Pels. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.